Man, I didn't say exactly what they was about. Oh wait, um, one, one second. We're gonna have to. We're gonna have to rewind. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to play DJ Selector and rewind because uh, due to a technical glitch, uh, mm -hmm. our audio was not being broadcast. I just looked at the chat and it said that no one could hear me, can hear us, but now they should be able to hear. So please, uh, uh, um, if you all could do me a favor and press one if you can hear us now. And I, I do apologize if you couldn't hear us at first. We we up here running our mouth. We <laughs> we talking up a storm. They could they could see your your mouth move, but nobody can hear you. So man. so if you all can hear us now, uh, type in one, and and, uh, and we'll man. we'll get it cranked up again. Man. man. <laughs> all right. So so we're gonna we're gonna rewind. All right. So so so. <laughs> Hold on, hold on, hold Black on. African power, man. There you What's go. What's good? What's happening? Well-organized lie defeats a disorganized truth every time. Yeah, y'all know what it is, family. God killer in the house. And I'm with Wuja. What's going on, Wuja? Uh, peace, peace, family. Now that you can hear us, we. <laughs> That's funny. So yeah, I want to say peace. Uh, Black African power to the family. Uh, I'm a raw squad up, and um. You know, it's, it's, it sounds funny we repeating ourselves, but, you know, tonight, uh, what I was saying is that from time to time, we'll, we'll jump out the blue and go live uh, unannounced. So I was telling people, make sure you subscribe and you click the bell so that you can um, so that you can be alert of when we go live. And I was saying that the Amaras squad, us, the members of the Amaras squad, we all have our individual focus and, and specialties. So like. I have a specialty, Asara Motep, uh, Sanjeti, Brother Jonathan, Sister Naya, uh, Unk, Dr. Maat, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, we all have our areas of focus, you know? And um, and so some a lot of times we'll talk among ourselves and when we talk among ourselves, we'll, you know, we'll hash out information, share information, we'll debate each other and everything. And then a lot of people don't get a chance to see that. So so sometimes when we do that, we'll we'll just go live out the blue and we'll have these discussions and share it with the public and everything. So, and I'm saying that just to say, make sure you subscribe and, and, um, and click on the notification because you'll never know when we go live, we have a hot topic that we're debating. You know, we may debate something at four o'clock and then go live at five o'clock just to, just to see, you know, what was the outcome? You know, one second, Mujah. Hey, yeah. you got to make sister Cobb a moderator. Yo, what happened? I thought she was a moderator. Oh, okay. Let me see. Um, all right. She has to type yeah, something. Mom. She has to type something for okay, I see her. I see her. I see her. Mm-hmm. I we don't got no moderators. We in there crazy. She like the iron she like the iron sword, yo. You say something, you're out of there, yo. Let, don't kill him too quick, Kyle tonight. I want Bay to beat up on him. <laughs> uh <laughs> once I figure this out, Kaba, um, I, I will have you covered. She uh, said she, she said she typed something. Yeah, I see her. Okay. There right. she is. There she is. Moderator privileges. There you go. You're in there. There it is. Sister Kaaba Nepti Unket. Unket. Kaaba Nepti Unket. Get it right. Stop one of them Egyptian names, man. All Shout right. out to Kaaba. One of the smartest persons I know, man. <laughs> and so, you know, you know what's good though, man? See, we got different sets of people that we can go back and forth and you know have intelligent conversations 
people to understand the vernacular. And this is very, very crucial because if you always talk to a bunch of dumb people, you're going to be dumb, right? <laughs> if you're the smartest person in the group, get out that group. You know, I've always said that. And so like I can, I, you know, like me, Kyle and Nahisi, we like to talk all the time. So, you know, I've took, I've taken a couple blows talking to them too right there. You know what I'm saying? Y'all would never know it, right? But they know it. And, and it's always a learning experience. And like I say, when I realized that I thought I knew something and the person I'm talking to, information is just better. And after I re, re, research, or we, we might be right in the middle in live time researching it. And then I realized that the idea I had was faulty, man. I don't keep promoting that idea and I don't turn a blind, blind eye to it because I always want to be in a position uh, to learn. And, you know, and that's what we do in the Amaral Squad. We have epic battles. Yeah. Epic, I mean, epic knockdown, drag out battles on certain information. You know what I'm saying, yo? And, yeah. and, and it ain't no let up. I mean, ain't no let up. We be getting mad at each other, got to cool out for a minute, but we going to keep hashing it out till we get it. And so y'all need to find people around you that you can hash issues out with when it comes to the scholarship. And so I, I did that post earlier about scientific literacy, and it's a wealth of knowledge that I gave y'all right there, man. Like, I got some of the best websites, right? Um, I've learned how to actually access that type of information on the web. Very important. So y'all going that. And, yeah. and my whole thing was, you know, uh, in our group, I'm raw squad groups, right? We want to respond with scientific literacy on said material so you don't just come off dumb. Because, you know, I'm going to call you dumb. I'm going to call you dumb. Wuja, Naya, Saw, and all. Now, Saw might call you dumb, too. Sinjeti, he's not going to do it. Wuja, not going to do it. Uh, Sister Naya, not going to do it. Dr. Mayat, not going to do it. But I'm going to call you dumb, and you might get cussed out sometime with me. So I suggest, you know, up your game, because I can't take the foolery, but for so long. I'm just I'm just saying. That's just, <laughs> I'm suffering a little bit from PTSS, maybe a lot. So I just lose it sometimes. That's just me. I, you know, I ain't get this name, God killer, for no daggone reason, goddamn it. <laughs> Didn't get the pollution. But go so, ahead, Wuja, man. I want you to go ahead and um all right, so that, that myth. Okay, so so hopefully Brother Garfield is listening, tuned in. If he's not, make sure y'all you all uh give him a link. Uh I think yeah, I sent it. Uh um or whatever. Uh I know Chief X asked the topic. So so I had said this before, like I said, we had technical difficulties a few minutes ago, so I apologize for that. But um so tonight what we're gonna talk about is is two 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 things at least, probably a little more. But it's not going to be too long. Is that uh, the brother Garfield had um, did a, a Facebook live stream where Garfield, the brother Jabari, and the brother Shaka Afmos, along with Sanetter, they were um, they were live. You know, they had a good discussion. It was actually a real good discussion. I was listening in on it. Uh, they were talking about slavery in Kemet and uh, and some other things. I tuned in late, but I did catch that part of it, and it was a really good build. And um, but then the subject of comedic yoga came up. And so I called in because the brother, the brother Jabari and I had a, a brief discussion on Facebook about it. And so I think he understood some of what I said, but he misunderstood some. And when he quoted, tried to quote me on my stance and claim, he got it wrong. So I, I, wanted, I called in and I wanted to clarify that. But Brother Garfield's live stream got interrupted. So I know ain't no one got a chance to hear me will hear what I said when I called in. So tonight I want to 
uh, make it very crystal clear. And I'm going to use Jabari's words because Jabari likes to, likes to say, let's be clear here. Let's be clear. So I'm, I'm going I'm to steal that from the brother Jabari, our good brother Jabari uh, for tonight. So I'm going to be very clear and, and make my position known again. I did the video before, but I just want I have to reiterate this. Um, I feel I, I feel it's, ne it's necessary and I don't mind. OK, so very quickly. Um, and clearly, <laughs> to use Jabari's words. Um, so this is my stance on comedic yoga. All right. First, let me tell you what Jabari um, got wrong when he when he tried to repeat what I am saying. So Jabari feels that I'm saying that either there's no comedic yoga. I mean, excuse me. There's no yoga in Kemet, or there's no postures in Kemet that would be associated with yoga. Uh, something along those lines. And so what I've done my best to do was to be really clear on my on my arguments and so what i'm saying and I, I actually had to type it out on uh on the slides so i'm gonna read it this is my claim and i can't be any more clearer than this okay what i'm saying is today's kemetic yoga postures that are practiced by the by people who practice kemetic yoga they are not actual historical postures at all okay they are a result of the scribal convention of what we call aspective art in which they expressed multiple angles simultaneously and the general rule back then was the torso the shoulders the single eye the waist garments and any headdress or crown was to be carved in frontal view while all else was in profile view now, that is a artistic style describes created and maintained for over 3,500 years. Those those depictions are not naturalistic positions that the figures are in. No one was confused back in, in ancient Egyptian time, back in ancient Kemet. No one's confused about that because it was the norm. It was a it was a style. The same way today we have what's called caricature, where somebody will draw you. But they will exaggerate portions of you. They'll make your head real big, your eyes real big, your body real small or whatever. But it will be in your likeness, but it will be what we call a caricature. And no one's confused about that. No one will think a person really looks like that particular drawing. Literally. But we know we know the intention that it's supposed to be you and it's a likeness of you, but it's not the way you really look. So the aspective uh, art style was done by the ancient scribes and that's what we're looking at and that's my claim i'm not speaking about yoga the other elements of yoga because in fact i can show and prove that there are elements that's practiced in yoga today that exist in a in a, in a somewhat similar form in kemet but not those postures okay so i want to make that crystal clear so um, so on the phone, what I was asked, the brother Jabari did a good job. Uh, I'm glad that he um, brought out a statue. The brother Jabari showed a statue, a huge statue. Actually, uh, I'm jealous. I wish I had that statue, but that's a really good statue. But what he showed was this statue here. This statue right here is what he showed on the left hand side. Jabari has an actual uh, replica of, of this and he showed it uh, to me over the phone.
And and he actually confirmed my point, which is that the style that you see on the walls, which is over here on the right hand side, that style is the effective um, uh, method of actually representing that particular pose. No one actually posed like this with the shoulders cocked at a 90 degree angle and the shoulders are squared off 90 degrees from the rest of the body. The arms cocked back and the fist in the air that way. The way that a person would pose like that is how you see it on the left, on the statue. Everything is facing forward. Okay, so now the brother Jabari agreed with me on this. And so, and that's, and that's it. And, and I'm happy that he and I are totally in sync with that. But then he, 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 he is assuming that I'm also saying that um, there are no postures in Kemet. That may be associated with the practices of what people are calling yoga today. And that's not what I said. And that's what I've, I've never said that. Okay. So I want to make that distinction. Because uh, some people feel that I'm arguing things that the practitioners of comedic yoga are not arguing. And that is completely false. Like for example, when I showed this picture here of Kagimni, I am not saying that this posture is a comedic yoga posture being claimed by those practitioners. I showed this picture to to demonstrate the the artistic style called aspective um, methods, where you see the the right arm on the left shoulder and the left arm on the right shoulder. We know that is humanly impossible, but they still did it this way because of what aspective art is about, which is to show multiple angles of individual. Th um, things in a, in, a, in, a, in a picture all at the same time and when they do that it comes out looking distorted we know that the right hand can't be on the left shoulder and the left hand can't be on the right shoulder we know that a person didn't wear their garment garment and their body's facing forward but their garment is facing 90 degrees to the to the uh left etc cetera, etc cetera. we know we know the human eye is not shown in full in a profile hey, view. Hey, I'm not trying to uh, cut you off real fast, man, but that's how they, man, that's Egyptian yoga right there, man. They bend it inflexible, man. <laughs> and for a couple of them class, you can bend like that, man. Well, it's all right to, it's all right to bend, but I, I guarantee you that no one, no practitioner, I don't care if you are practicing uh, any form of yoga, will you be able to- Just hear your back be there, that's funny, yo. No one will be able to detach their right hand and attach it to their left arm and detach their left hand and attach it to their right arm. Uh, now you get into science fiction and horror movies. Okay, so, so what I'm making clear is that, one, I'm not arguing anything that, that is not being argued. So this picture here is not me claiming that this pose is something that practitioner of comedic yoga uh, is claiming that that's what they do. No, this picture is to demonstrate the actual style of art. It proves my point. Now, when we get to an actual pose, I did that as well. This particular pose is claimed and performed by comedic yoga practitioners as if it was an actual pose that was done in historical times. That is completely false. The picture that you see here is our good brother, uh, uh, y Yasir Rahotep who is um, one of the leading uh, teachers and instructors in comedic yoga. Um, he is seen pictured here in the pose. And so 
This is a pose that's done by those practitioners. And it is claimed that this pose was done by the ancient Egyptians. And it was not. As I said, that's how they're imitating how it looks on the walls. But that's not how it was actually done. What you see on the walls is an artistic style. Not an actual pose that the ancient Egyptians did. Okay, that way. They did not do it that way. So the question is, well, Joe, how would they have done it? So, Anpu, this is the statue of Anpu right here. The jackal-headed uh, figure you see in the front, this is how it was done. It would have been done where everything was facing forward, not cocked to the side. The hand, the arm is not cocked backwards and twisted. It wasn't done that way. This is how it was done on the left-hand side. So, Brother Wujao, how would the king have been posed? Well, here's how the king would have been posed. The one you see in the middle. Straightforward. Everything is posed straightforward. Nothing is cocked to the side. Nothing is at an angle. Okay? Everything is straightforward. Brother Wujao, how would the last figure be posed? Well, here it is. I showed that. This is the actual statue that the Brother Jabari had um, uh, that he showed. And here are both of the statues together in the Cairo Museum in Egypt. So if you have the privilege to go over to Egypt um, at any point in time, make sure you, you check those two statues out, take good pictures, and share them with everybody. Those are the actual uh, positions that a person would be in if they were to do that pose. Now, so lastly, what I was asked on the phone is if this pose was a comedic, was a yoga pose, period. The answer is no. This is not even, even if you do it correctly, it is not a yoga pose. And so when I said that, I was asked, the brother Shaka Ahmos asked me, well, what was it for? And I explained that the actual pose is shown here inside of the glyphs here. Previously, I've translated this before, so I'm not going to go through the whole translation. But this word here in column two, the word here is Henny. And actually, it's Henny Sin, which means uh, uh, may they rejoice. This, po this pose here is a pose of jubilation and rejoicing. And, and what these two figures represent is two ancestral cities to the ancient Remich or the ancient Egyptians. The city in the north, which is Lower Kemet, which is the city of P, also known as uh, Buto. This is what you see in the first column. It says, Jed Medu in Ba'u P. It says, words spoken by the souls of P, the ancestors. This is, this Enpu is representing the people of that particular city, the ancestral town. Then over here in column eight, seven, eight and nine, you see in column seven, it says, Jed Medu in Ba'u Nekhen. Nekhen was the city in the south, what we call Upper Kemet, the ancestral city, Nekhen. This is what the falcon-headed figure represents, those ancestral uh, representations. So what the pose is doing is that this particular pose was done, not how you see it uh, carved, but how you saw the statue, which is right here. That's how the pose was done. Now, when it was done, it was done to rejoice and, and, and perform jubilation for the rebirth of the king. When the king takes the throne, when the king celebrates his, uh, his jubilee, and you see the, the jubilee, jubilation, when the king performed his Zed festival or any kind of festival that, that where the king had to show the people that he was fit to rule. 
and that the king would emerge uh, and appear. So you have the Neb Ka'u, the Lord of Appearance, the 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 Sa-Ra, the Son of the Sun. So the rebirth of the sun, the rejuvenated uh, king and so on and so forth, the people celebrated. So you have the, the fist pound on the chest and the hands raised up high, okay, to the side. So it wasn't performed for a yoga purpose. This had a practical application that people did uh, in terms of a celebra celebratory act that they did uh, in connection with the king. Okay. And, and if you read this, it's speaking about um, uh, the king. This is a tomb here. And this particular king in the middle, you can see his throne name is Men Petira. His family name that we know him by is Sarah Ramesu. So this is Ramesses. One of the Ramesses. Here, this is Peti, Peti, uh, Men Peti Ra Ramses, not uh, Wissamat Ra Satepen Ra, which is the famous Ramses II. This is a different Ramses, okay? But this particular king is Ramses, all right? So I want to make it clear that this particular pose had practical applications. There's plenty of texts. I could show a plethora of texts where this particular position is described, number one, and in context, it tells you when it was actually done. And it wasn't done for... Uh, purposes of what we would consider yoga now the last thing I want to say is that yoga itself is at the base of yoga whether it's comedic yoga or otherwise the at the very base bottom fundamental uh, point of yoga is to is basically a um, a set of things rituals that you do or things that you uh, do to actually become divine the whole point of yoga is to transform into divinity all right and there are there are different ways every culture had the potential to become divine and every culture went about obtaining that goal slightly different so in the indus valley they have what they call yoga and they have certain things that they did in africa in different communities they have other things that they did in lieu of trying to become divine. And on the streets we would say, okay, you 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 moving from being an animal to a domesticated human into a god. So you are born an animal, you have to be tamed and taught to become a human and an asset to society, and then you move forward and on into becoming a god. But we don't say it like that, we say becoming divine. And so there's certain things that you do uh, in your daily life, throughout your life uh, in lieu of, of accomplishing that goal. And that's what yoga is at the heart of what yoga really is. Becoming divine. And in Kemet they had certain things that was done. That don't exactly align up with uh, what's practiced in yoga in the Indus Valley. So we can discuss that. But that's a separate issue. My whole issue was about these uh, postures. They're not historical postures done the way that you see them carved on the wall. Alright. So hopefully that's clear. And, um, you know, I, 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 I can't get any uh, clearer than that. All right. I don't want people to think that I'm attacking the practitioners of comedic yoga. As a matter of fact, when I get some time, I'm going to sign up. I would I would love to learn from a uh, a uh, an instructor. And I actually I actually t I had a very good conversation with with a brother that is um, that is a, a person, a certified instructor. And he certifies people. And I'm, I'm definitely going to connect with him. And um, and actually take up uh, comedic yoga. So my, my I'm not attacking 
the, the practice or the benefits or the practitioners. I am simply informing people of the facts. The postures that being, are being used today are not historically actual postures at all. All right. I can't make it any clearer than that. But are there benefits of, of, of twisting, of twisting and, and, and getting into postures? Yes, people have reported benefits. They, you know, back problems uh, get, get helped in uh, the whole nine. All right. Matter of fact, the brother Jabari told me about his situation where his back uh, got uh, better once he started practicing these particular postures. It's just that they were not historically uh, done, period. They were not historically done. All right. Mm -hmm. Now, now, hold up one second, because I just I just I just thought thought of something. And this may be the cause of confusion, because when yeah. I when I say stuff like that, that it was not historically done. I don't want people to think that they were that the Egyptians never had any any kind of postures at all. It's just the question is, were whatever postures they did do, was it for yoga purposes or were they just postures in other contexts? So what I also did, I showed these postures. These are actual postures. Uh, on the left, you see an offering posture, offering uh, ma'at. The next to it is the uh, adoration posture, a kneeling form of the adoration posture, giving adoration. Next one is a kneeling posture of giving an offering. This is an offering posture. The next one, the last one, is another adoration posture on your knees. And notice that all these postures, the body is facing forward. No twists, no turns, no contortions, none of the, uh, the above. These are actual postures that were done for different contexts and different reasons. So I'm not saying that there's no such thing as postures. I'm saying that the postures that the way that people think they are, they're not done that way. All right. I can't make my point clear. So uh, that's it. I don't want to be too long with it than I already was. So. Uh, I'm gonna hand it over you. The you Jubilee the statue uh, dealing with the Jubilee. Am I correct? Uh, say that again. You mentioned that, that statue. Of course, you talked about the Jubilee, right? I represented the Jubilee. Yes. Yep. Okay. All right. We got that clear. Uh, that's good, right there. So we're just gonna keep pounding this thing into the ground until we just, uh, you know, I like to pound you to submission because that's how you really learn. You want to figure out why in the hell am I in submission? Because you got pounded with the information. And this is not to be uh, antagonizing, is that we're just at a stage right now where you gotta get as close to being right as possible. And then based off of more information, you know, things change and vary, right? But as of the day, you know, based off of looking at the Meta Nature, um, Brother Wuja, uh, Shashu Mani Meta Nature group, you know what I mean? Uh, it's, it's a powerful tool and they're just showing you, you need to, matter of fact, go on a show. It's a lot of crystal clear material being presented over there. You know what I'm saying? Very crystal, very professional. You know what I'm saying? And y'all need to go ahead and take a look at that channel. Shout out to Monty Metanetra Group. Is that what the YouTube page is called? Make sure y'all subscribe to that too. Yes, yeah, uh, it's the Seshu Maani Metanetra uh, Group. And I'm seeing the, the comments real quick. Uh, what I'm doing tonight is not the, a full presentation. Um, you know what I just showed. Uh, yeah, they could they could look in the archive right here on the on the Amara Squad of our previous show where I actually showed more slides and I explained it. The only reason I'm going over it tonight is to make sure people understand uh, what's being said.
because what happens is people will maybe unintentionally, but people will misconstrue your argument because because in order for them to really acquiesce to your argument, it's going to force them to change. And a lot of people don't want to change. You know, we, we get we get attached to things and we don't want to let go. And so, you know, I'm not telling people to stop with the comedic postures, the comedic yoga postures. If, if you benefit from them, by all means, keep doing them. Just don't tell people that those postures are actual historical postures. That's my that's my issue with that. We got to deal with the facts. We got to deal with accuracy, period. You know, that's it. We got to deal with the culture, though. That's the, that's the real sort of question is what exactly were the Nile Valley Africans doing? Uh, you know, I'm, I don't think I agree with Wuja on this, but he said, well, the way he explained it, I agree about uh, yoga being practiced and Kemet and how yoga is just not the postures. It has something to do with breathing, uh, something to do with, with uh, what What else you was talking about? It's the, yeah, well, part part of, it's, it's, it's many elements of yoga. The posture, mm -hmm. the postures is one aspect of it uh, that they do today. And, and there's breathing. And then there's also the meditative uh, aspects of it. Because because there's there's things that you're it's it's a it's a psychological process. You're trying to control the energy that we all have, and this goes into the chakras things. And I did a video on on all that too. Uh, when you're trying to control and channel the energy in, in this that and the third, this is when you get into the chakras and everything. But then you get into the postures, you get the breathing, you get the meditation. But all of those things. The, the goal of all of those things is really to become God-like, to become mm -hmm. divine. And, and like I said, we can have a separate conversation because I can show how the ancient Egyptians actually uh, performed things to that goal. And I told, I told you this, um, and I'm not, you know, I'm not, not going to go into it tonight, but I, I told people, people are sleeping on the so-called Book of the Dead, the, uh, the Raul Niyu Peret M. Heru, or the Runu Peret M. Heru, or the so-called Book of the Dead. Everybody should pull that book out. I know a lot of people got it. Just look at the judgment scene. Look at that judgment scene where you see the scales of Ma'at, and you see the person being weighed. They call it the judgment scene, the whole nine, everything like that. Look at that, and just put that in your mind so when we do have this conversation, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. People are sleeping on it. They think it's one thing when it's not. We know that nobody's heart was weighed against a feather, literally. And we know that the the ancient remage, when the deceased person was was embalmed and mummified, etc., they took other organs out, but they left the heart in. They discarded the brain altogether. They they actually made the brain mush and sucked it out of the nose. Okay, as gross as that sound, that's what they did. They thought the brain was completely uh unnecessary they took out the liver and other things and stored them in the canopic jars but they left the heart intact there's a reason for all of this okay and so we can walk through that and say and talk about what's really going on in that representation there all right not tonight but we can do that another time mm -hmm. all right hmm Lost my screen on that. All right, so look, all right, I want y'all to go to the group real quick here. Man, what did I do with the 130,000 year old? 130.
thousand-year-old humans in Americas. Hold on. And that's why we preach scientific literacy around here. You know what I mean? There's a reason for it. You have to understand data. You have to understand understand said subjects. Oh man. You also you gotta understand. Oh man. Um I think this is it right here. You gotta understand just uh just terminology, man. You know what I'm saying? Uh, brother um, <laughs> yeah uh yeah let me can i uh the brother jabari uh sent me an inbox to to clarify a statement so can i can i do that real quick before you go in okay all right uh, hey I'll, hey for the record i want y'all to know um me and jabari dr Mayat saw and who else jabari this is just us uh we're gonna be debating some preachers here in a little bit Y'all stand, y'all look out for that. We're going to be in one of these churches, one of these mega churches. So y'all look out for that. All right. I just want y'all to know who's getting there. And I want to make sure don't nobody try to be divisive, you know, with my man Jabari, because uh, I respect what they do. Uh, you know, I'm just letting y'all know that. So don't try to make this like it's more than what it is, just a dialogue of information. And I wish, you know, Jabari could be on here. We could just, you know, explain, you know, so it really is a lot of points that y'all agree on. There's a few things y'all don't, right? Um, but go ahead. What, what state would you need to clarify? What did Jabari say? Okay, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm going to say. Come in. You're not a haters, dude. Oh. Make some shit. That's why I'm glad Jabari here. That way you can hear. Go ahead. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I, you know, by no means. See, I'm I'm not one to um to do the the instigated and the debating and stuff like that because when i debate trust me everyone will know that i'm debating you know I, i'm a train i'm a trained debater i was trained uh debater on an amateur level in college all right so when wujao debates wujao debates these are not debates with me all right but to, but jabari uh i had asked jabari to uh show me the statement that i that i said that um the postures are not that there are no postures so what he's talking, what he's talking about, is um, what he's talking. So he quotes me. So so let me clarify. So this will be good for him. Hopefully he's listening in. I, I gave him the link. Um, I don't think he could. Uh, he I he said he can't join us. He said he wish he could join in, but but he said he has a he has a lot to do for a lecture tomorrow. So but hopefully he can listen in right now. So anyway, this is what he's quoting me saying, and this is actually what I said. I said today's comedic yoga postures are not historical postures at all. And and what he is quoting is, um, I actually have it on the slide that I showed it. I showed it um, first. So let me just put that up because everybody's staring at you. Um, hold up. <laughs> let me- uh -huh. Why don't we looking at me, God damn it, we looking at me. All right, so, so Jabari is quoting my first sentence here. So, saying? No, so Jabari Jabari is asking me how can I make this how can I make this statement? So this is the statement: Today's comedic yoga postures are not actual historical postures at all. So, brother Wujau, what do you mean by that? How can you make that claim? That claim is a very bold claim. All right. So 
Let me tell you all how I can make that claim. Again, today's comedic yoga postures are not actual historical postures at all. So what do I mean by that? I already explained it, but I'm going to make this very crystal, crystal clear to use uh, Jabari's words. Let's be clear, family. Let's be clear, family. <laughs> That's his famous statement. <laughs> and, I, and I say that with love. You know, Jabari, I, I, I love uh, when Jabari does that. Let's be clear, family. So what I'm saying is that this posture that we see our good brother Yasir Rahotep do, that he's in, that is not a comedic, that is not a yoga uh, posture, that is not a historical posture at all. The way, he's, uh, the way he's postured right now in this picture is not an historical posture at all. The way he's doing it. I already explained this. What he's mimicking is what you see on the walls. So he's looking at the walls and mimicking what he sees. So what does he see? He simply sees a, an ancient scribal canon of a method that they did today we call aspective art. Aspective art, in summary, is when an artist takes multiple angles of an object and represent all of those angles simultaneously. Not naturalistic because you cannot see all of these angles at one time in the real world. But on a flat surface, you can. Because all you have to do is just draw the angles that you want people to see. So we see the good brother mimicking an artistic style, not a natural style, not a natural pose. So the pose he's, he is in was never done that way in ancient Kemet. So I repeat, this is why and how the brother Wujao can make such a bold statement because it's facts. The, the position that he's in was never done historically. Now, was there a pose like this? Yes. And I showed it. The pose is right here. This is how it would have been historically done with the full body facing forward. So, so the point that I think is being missed is that the pose is done, but not done the way you see it on the walls. It's done the way you see it in the statuary. If you're going to do such a pose. So again, was it done like our brother uh, Yasir Rahotep is doing it? Absolutely not. That is not historical. It was never done that way. How was it done, uh, Brother Wujao? It was done this way, as you see it in the statue. Okay? That's the statement. So let's go back to my statement now that people can understand. Today's comedic yoga postures, that is, as an example, the Brother Yasir Rahotep that I just showed, are not actual historical postures at all. They're not postures at all. What's postures, what are postures uh, uh, done? And I'm saying today's comedic yoga postures. See, there's a difference. Co the comedic yoga postures are not actual historical postures. But were there postures, period? Yes, there was. But not the way that the comedic yoga practitioners are doing them. They weren't done that way. That's the claim. And I've been consistent with that claim. And I said that they are emulating and imitating an artistic canon. Not an actual, what the Egyptians actually did. All right. For example, another example, the dua pose that everybody does. If you notice, 
you, you can go to people's Facebook page and look at how they do these different things. Look at how they stand in dua, in adoration. This is called adoration. The word dua means adoration, to adore, okay? Gratitude, etc. Giving thanks. This position is how people do it. They imitate what they see, which is an artistic style. If you notice, just look at people's pictures. They, st they take one step back. They cock their shoulders back a little bit. And they have their arms just like how you see on the left-hand side. But... That is not how it was done. It was done with everything facing forward, the hands in front of them, and palms out, etc., like you see on the statue. And I'll say this again. If you want to know how certain postures were done, look at the statuary. That is the naturalistic representation. Don't, don't look at the carved images and emulate those and say that that's how it was done. You'll be incorrect. And that's my point and that's my position. So hopefully the brother Jabari heard me this time and I've clarified that for him. No, I'm not saying that postures don't exist at all. I'm saying that the postures that are being called comedic yoga postures, as we see right here, performed by a, a well-respected uh, comedic yoga instructor, that posture and ones like it are not historical postures done that way. They're not done that way. They're not done historically this way. So any benefits that you get from doing it is basically their chance benefits. People benefiting from this, from, you know, back uh, injuries being, being uh, you know, alleviated and all, all those kinds of things. That wasn't done in historical times. But can you benefit from doing it like this? Of course. And, I, and, if, and if you are, then by all means, keep doing it. All right. So hopefully that's, that's clear. And, um, and our good brother Jabari... Uh, hopefully he's, he's he's listening in and I was able to clarify that for him because that's the statement he made on the phone. And I just wanted to clarify that for him because I, I think he I think he would agree with me if he if he understood my point. And, and so far, I think he does, you know, and if he doesn't, then he and I will have a, he, we, we will have a uh, we'll be able to continue uh, the conversation. I would I would love I, w I wish he could be on where where we could have, a, you know, a little uh, discussion about it, uh, not a debate or anything, but a discussion. But. You know, it's okay. I think the point is made. So anyway, I'm done because I don't want to drag this out too long. <laughs> you already did. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So it's necessary. Nah. But there you go. All right. So this, so these Native Americans, let's 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 two this two hundred thousand year old uh, Native American. Where where is that at? Um. Uh, la, 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 la. Where we at? Man. We got we we got we have Homo sapiens sapiens two hundred thousand years ago in America. No. Not at all. So, all right, let me do the article. First of all, let me shout out my teacher, Professor James Smalls, man. Um, like, profound teacher, okay? And it was times, at least 15 years ago, I've been knowing about a good 15 years ago. Now, since 2000, that's about, that's, close, that's 18 years ago. And so for the first <laughs> 10 years, right, of knowing him, you know, I just couldn't even get in the conversations. I wasn't really allowed to really get in the conversations like that. Um, which is which I'm glad because I'd have been wrong as hell about a lot of things. And this is what some of the young brothers coming up, you know, they automatically spewing off at the mouth early in the game, disrespecting people's work that's been putting in work. You know, we got a bad case of that going on right now with, with the young pseudo, you know what I'm saying? And um 
uh, general shootout. You know, them two going at the nation of Islam right now. You know, so I just want to make the point that they scholarship, you know, if they put uh, Wesley Muhammad on them, they done. They can't get past Wesley Muhammad. And all they think they know about Islam and all that, they, they would never be able to get past Wesley Muhammad. I remember about 45 years ago, Wesley Muhammad actually cleaned up the division. And that's when I recognized there was a need for the Amaral squad. So I remember, you know, General Sudo actually uh, running from that particular debate, you know, the same way they ran from our debate. So they barking up the wrong tree messing with them right now. All right, I just want to say that. And so, you know, whether I agree with Minister Farrakhan or not, right, on his Islam, you know, and what I can respect, right, which I didn't realize at first, was the very fact that he could bring a million people to Washington, D.C. a couple times. And so, you know, who amongst us can do that on a regular basis? Nobody. You sure as hell ain't going to do it teaching from your mother's house in the basement. It's not going down like that. And so that man is doing what he can do with his platform. And so whenever you get a million people to come out, it's opportunity for us, for those who think they know a better way of doing things. You know, great opportunity to run across a million people. You know, I had no idea that that many people had actually knew who the Amaral squad was. You know what I'm saying? It, it made me want to work harder. So, you know, I might not agree with trying to be a nation of Islam, right? Or, or, or Scientology, right? But as I get older, I recognize the value that they've had in the lives of black people, regardless of what their doctrinal things is. And so if I don't got nothing going on but just run my mouth, I might not need to say nothing about them, right? So I just want to, you know, make that clear what side I'm on with that. You know, I'm going to go with the elder, right? And his proven system of getting a million people to Washington, D.C., which allowed me to reach out to a broad audience, which helped my shoe company. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, the hell with all that. Shoe company, and I got to meet a lot of people that was enjoying the works of the Amaral Squad and the Real Black Atheists. Right? I met a lot. I gave out a lot of work so people could actually get back in touch with us. So, man, I was glad to be around that many people at one time. And everybody wasn't out there. One nobody out there trying to be no Muslims. Man, they was just there to get together. So, you know, I'm going to give them that. Right? You know what I mean? You got to let the truth behold. So now back to, you know, uh, one of my teachers, great teachers, one of my favorite teachers, uh, Professor James Smalls. Like, I watched him you know, as I developed, and he was one of the first persons I got a chance to meet and actually hang out with, introduced me to Leonard Jeffries. You know what I'm saying? They, they let me, you know, hang out with them, and they, and they treated me right, like you're supposed to, right? So, you know, ain't no disrespect coming that way between me and him, right? But as, as fighting to be a scholar, you know what I'm saying? As, as knowing what the people need, right? Um, it's certain areas that some of us are strong in and some of us are weak in. And you talked about that, Wuja, right? And so, you know, people tried to kind of like pit the professor against me, pit us together. Like I was going to bash on the professor. I wouldn't do that. Man has far more extensive knowledge than me, all right? I'm nowhere near his ability 
I mean, he's a he's a he's a spectacular te- teacher. He's a spectacular orator. You know what I'm saying? At the age of sixty something. You know what I'm saying? They forgot more than I've learned so far. Okay? But that does not mean that he might hold on to certain information, right, that can't be substantiated based off of 2018 analysis. That don't mean that he can't be wrong on something. It doesn't mean that. So, like I'm saying is, man, we do not appeal to authority, right, on the Amaral squad. Am I right or wrong? That's right. Ujah? You don't appeal to authority, right? Plain and simple. I mean, because your name is this, well, we got to take you at that. Because you're the Amaral squad and and, and Brother Uncle on there, whatever you say is the gospel, the good news. No, that's not how it works around here. Oh, I saw Chuck wrote this back that book, so he's automatically right. Oh, Massey, you know what I'm saying? The Massey clan, you know what I'm saying? They automatically right. You know what I'm saying? Wuja, he read Metanetra. What he said, he's right. Sister Naya, she's absolutely, no, that's not how we do it. Dr. has a doctor's degree. Whatever she says, she's right. That's not how we get on around here. Now, he see, you know, he loves genetics. He's reading every day. He's writing a book on it. I know he's right. That's not how we get on around here. So when you make a claim, you need to prove that claim and verify that claim so that it makes sense. Things have to add up based off the available data in 2018. And based off the available data in 2018, the statement that Homo sapiens sapiens was in North America 200,000 years, that's wrong. Okay, that's wrong. And I gotta say it, okay? But don't try to pit my friend against me. Don't try to pit the elders against us. The only way I can see that truth Right? It's because I stand on the shoulders of Professor James Smalls. I see what he can't see. Because he's built a foundation that allows me to see more clear. So we got to get that straight, man. The same with Walter Williams. Right? We're able to look at his book and tell where he made a mistake at. Based off of his wisdom over the years, we can stand on that and see clearer. And one day people will stand on our shoulders and see more, see more than what we could see. That's the value of standing on the shoulders, right? Of the elders. Because together you're stronger, right? But as of 2018, that statement of humans being in America at 200,000 BC is, is false. So I want to go to the actual literature, right? And so I like to, I tell y'all, man, if y'all go to the uh, Real Black Atheist Science Group, right? Uh, you can click on the Journal of Nature, Journal of Science. I think they let you in for $60, right? Um, I got in the shit was 300 okay? Uh, you spend that bread, all right? So what I want to do real fast, I want to go to the actual, uh, the actual paper, okay, by Stephen R. Holland, okay? And... Uh, it's titled 130 year old archaeological site in Southern California, USA. Let me, let me share screen that real fast. Right. Let me do that. Let me share screen, share, share screen. All right. You see that right? Wuja? 
Yes, indeed. So here, this is in a journal of nature. Okay. Uh, this article was published in uh, 27th of April, uh, 2017, very recently. Uh, it was received uh, 17th of March, 2016. Accepted uh, 13th March, 2017. Published online April 26th. Uh, I sent this to Professor Smalls to read that. All right, but this is where the claim comes from. This, if you see, see this line right here, these are all the people that's on this paper, starting from the lead author of the paper as they go down. All these people put in work. Some of the names I recognize on here by reading all these damn papers, okay? And so it's a 130,000-year-old archaeological site in Southern California. Not 200,000, 130,000-site. Look, archaeological site. They didn't say 130-year fossil. That's why scientific literacy is important for when you're reading these journals in certain terminology. It is just like when Wu Jai and them is teaching Metanets, right? There are certain terms you have to be familiar with. And I'll often get into conversation with uh, um, Wu Jai, and I'm like, you know what? I might not agree with that, but I'm not really prepared to argue that. Don't I say that all the time, Wu Jai? Yeah, all the time. You said it today. <laughs> right. I don't got that. I don't know. It don't sound right, but I don't got I, No, I'm not. No. You're not going to make me look dumb right here. No, you're not. I'm going to listen. Y'all need to take a page out of my book. You can't get no arrogant to me when I feel like it. You can't yell and scream and cuss no more than me. So if I can realize that it's times that I'm wrong, y'all got the baby to do that, man. And I'm serious, man. You know all this nonsense, man. This is about a learning experience and being better humans. Let me get back on task, though. So this is the actual work, right? So whenever you're looking at something, you want to find a claim, you got to go to the person that did the actual dig, man. So this paper is not about fossils at all. It's not about human fossils at all. It's about an archaeological site and what they found within the archaeological site. So we go right here to this portion of the paper, right? This is called the abstract. It basically defines on what they're talking about, okay? Plain and simple. So I think I highlight a part right here, bro. Let me see if it's it. So I highlight this little part right here, right? Uh, it says the U uh, radiometric analysis, it's probably uranium analysis, right, of multiple bone specimens using diffusion, okay, absorption, decay dating models indicates a burial date of 100, 130,000 plus to take 900.4,000 years ago. It said these findings confirm the presence of an um, un, what's this? Unde undefined species, see? Undefined species of homo. They don't know what it is, right? It's undetermined undefined right there y'all see that right mm -hmm. at cm site during the last interglacial period okay um early late applodocene indicating that humans with manual dexterity see so far while you, you read right here you thinking they actually talking about uh actual finding some actual human bones no they're not 
based off of certain things that were broken and certain scratches, right? They can tell how certain things that did it might have been shaped to be able to make certain markings. All right, uh, manual dexterity and the experimental knowledge to use hammerstones and anvils process, uh, what's this, mastodon limbs, bones for narrow extraction, marrow extraction, or raw material for tools, uh, productions, hold on, for tool, where am I at? Productions, uh, systematic probosidian bone reduction. Evident at the CM site fits within the broader pattern of uh, Paleolithic bones, uh, precursion technology in Africa. You see Eurasia and North America. The CM site is, to our knowledge, the oldest in situ, well documented archaeological site in North America, and as much. Substantially uh, revises the timing of arrival of Homo into the Americas. Why do they keep saying Homo and not Homo sapien? Because they're not even talking about Homo sapien. All right, that's not what this paper is about. Scientific literacy lets you understand that there are more than one human species species residing on planet Earth. And that's going to help me segue into my next thing about interbreeding on the continent of Africa with archaic humans. I'm going to explain that in a minute. But this article is not about Homo sapiens sapiens, right? It's about the homos that they presumed was in the Americas based off an archaeological site, based off a raw material left, based off of animal bones and limbs that were broken in such a way that leads them to think that it was a human that did that and not another animal. But what humans are they talking about? They don't know. Could it have been Homo heterogensis? Could it have been Homo erectus? Could it have been Homo elati, nanali? Right? What Homo were they talking about? They wasn't specific because they specific because they do not know. And this is what the homework is on this particular article. And this is why I say all the damn time, we got to start getting and dealing with scientific literacy. All right, scientific literacy will allow you to understand the damn thing you're talking about. So you just jump on it and make the claims. What's going on, uh, Black Panther, Mossy Clan Warrior? Yeah, you know I'm saying, owls are flying and the damn pseudos are crying. Peace, so, peace. All right. So I just want you, well, so you know what we're talking about right this moment, right? Yeah, yeah. The uh, 200,000 year old. Uh, claim. Yeah, it's really 130, but they, you know, they juice it up, put the extra on there, but it's really 130, right? Give and take 70,000. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the hell of a skip here. I want y'all to know that. You go from 130 <laughs> to, 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 to 200,000. That's a hell of a, that's a hell of a, hell of a thing right there, right? And so, you know, I, I posted it uh, in the group, Professor uh, Smalls. And you know, explain what it was. But I think that I had a person that kind of like wanted to uh, kind of challenge that, right? And I want to bring this to light real quick. I want to bring this name. Go ahead and make you famous real quick. All right. We like to make people famous around here. 
you know, as you as you move forward in your journeys. So we got uh, in the group, uh, Raleigh Warner. What's going on, bro? All right, and he said after I posted the post. Now remember the post I posted was strictly about the two hundred thousand year old claim that Professor Smalls made, right? Um, and he said, and, and and Raleigh Warner said, how about he's telling the truth? Well, we don't know whether he's telling the truth or not until he presents us with evidence. It could just be his particular theory, right? And I'm not talking about a scientific theory. I'm talking about his theory on what he believes. It could be that. Until he show us the homework on it, the references and the sources, right? It's just his opinion. He has every right as a professor to give his opinion on said subject matter. So, Mr. Riley Warner, you know what I'm saying? We only, how do we know it's the truth? How do we know the brother Uncle's telling the truth? How do we know the brother Bennett's telling the truth? How do we know the Demasi Clan Warriors is telling the truth? We don't know. No appeal to authority. We need to see the homework. Okay? So, right off the bat, the homework. Right, based off of the people who was actually there working on the archaeological site, they never was talking about a two hundred thousand year old human. They were talking about a hundred and thirty year old archaeological site with bones that were presumed to be broken up by humans using certain tools. That is what that article is about. Okay, Mr. Riley. So Riley goes on to do the whole nine yards of proving. Uh, let me show you. Let me share the screen. Let me show you what he do. We don't want to let you off the hook there, Mr. Riley. Now, he see. I'm a raw squad up, bro. Bossy Warrior Clam. Uh, All right. Hey, Hotep. Hotep, uh, Brother Ben. Hotep, uh, Brother Nahisi. Let me share the screen. Oh, snap. I ain't even... I got you used to this Zoom, man. I only hold. Oh, that's how you see. Can't hear you. That's how you see everybody. He on the Zoom thing. Like you coming in crazy. Yeah, you sound you, you, you sound like Me you sound like Megatron on the on the Transformers. Megatron. Okay, so look, here's a post on the Amaral Squad Scholarship Group. All right. Um so I go ahead and respond. Stop it, bro. Please provide provide real sources, right? He said these are real sources. You sound just you sound just lit, you know, spelling error, just like the Europeans who stole North North Africa. Our people left the evidence in stone. Well, I should have cussed them out at that point, but I didn't. Gave him a break. I say, what are you asking for? Is show me evidence provided by white people? Well, I be damned. He go right back. And give me evidence supplied by white people. <laughs> After he said that that's what I'm gonna do, or that's what I did. So I don't know what the hell this skull is for right here. That don't make no sense. I don't know what that is. Uh then he shows an actual white guy, Mr. Riley. He actually shows a white guy. Look, this is a white guy. Professor Constantine, right? Proving something. I didn't read all that, but that's a white person that he told me. I'm using white people. All right. Okay. There we go again. They are the crazy people in the world we're living in. Yeah, we're living in a crazy world here. Let me get, hold on. Man. Get off that. 
Man, how can I get out of there? All right, so all right, so we move up here. White people telling you the same thing. All right, man. Then he shows this, right? Shows this and all that. Like that's supposed to mean something. Remember what people normally do is right. They break away from the actual claim. Remember what we're talking about is giving me proof of human beings being in America at two hundred thousand years. Because we working on the statement that Professor Small said. Remember that. He ain't did that yet. He's just showing all kind of cultures that was here before Europeans. Then he showed another white person. See, he's he's white person you to death at this point. After he told me don't use white people, but I right, whatever yo. This is all his evidence. Then he showed this. Like 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 I supposed to think that that's supposed to be some kind of you know sub-Saharan Africa. That's a person with brown dark skin is what that is holding an arrow on the spear. I don't know who that could have. That could be anybody. Think it said right here, but I can't see it. Don't matter. He's just proving that brown skinned people in America at this point. All evidence that has been written by whites telling you the Negro was here, all of it is verifiable. Yeah, I know. All right. I come in, this is what I said. I said, thanks for at least providing something to look at. You know, I'm being nice. He said, in all these pictures, I see dark brown skin. But dark, Dark or brown skin does not denote sub-Saharan African. It shows that the population had protection from the sun. They say, we call this natural selection. Okay, Mother Nature has provided sunscreen. Next point. The post is about Africans in America at about 200,000 BC. You have not provided that, bro. All you have provided was brown to black skin people was in America before pale-skinned people. It say, to this point, I agree, maybe. Then I say, you know, you'll move. All right? Uh, we are more than just Saharan African. My evidence is start is a starting point. We have people in the field fighting this, fighting this. <laughs> All right, man, so that's, we call that a tap out, right? He tapped out right there. All right? So we see how far he could go. He went as far as he could go. Uh, checkmate for that. So he couldn't provide that, right? So, you know, that's why right now I'm showing y'all what the real homework is on said subject, man. So, uh, Nahisi, where you at real quick? Hey, uh, is he still there? Um, hey, I just want to make a comment about what you, what you were saying though, real quick, is that, um, is that this is something that happens a lot in, in the conversations on Facebook and in, in, in the, you know, people's conversations when they're trying to debate is that people don't stick to the actual issue and topic. They, they tend to uh, take the topic somewhere else to their comfort zone to be, able to, to be able to continue to talk instead of either facing the fact that you either have to provide evidence or you can't. You either have to concede or you actually show the evidence to make the other person concede. That's the goal. That's the, that's the, the bottom line result. But people will divert a little bit to keep it going and to keep it lingering. So the issue is not show me brown skinned people in America. The issue is to show me Africans in America or homo sapiens sapiens in America at 200,000 years ago or 200,000 years BC, etc. That's the issue. Yep. And that's what, that what was not provided. But yet people would do that and swear that they are answering the, the, the challenge, but they're not. 
So we know that at a certain longitude and latitude level, you can look at the skin map. And I know Unc talks about this all the time. The the UV. I wanted you to bring that in. Go ahead. I didn't. I was going to ask. I was going to ask Nahisi, why is it brown skinned people in the Americas? But go ahead. Oh no, Break no, out. I don't. I don't have. I don't have it available to show. So Nahisi, if you have it, you uh, gotta show it. But you can explain. You was great explaining. Why don't y'all explain it? I don't want to say it. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead, Nahisi. I I I run my mouth all night. So go ahead, Nahisi. <laughs> because you got certain zones for the UVA rays. And where the UVA rays are stronger, nature gives you darker skin to protect yourself from a certain UVA ray. And where the UVA ray is not strong in the in the zones, you automatically you're gonna have pale skin. Hmm. Yeah, there you go. Is that simple? Call that natural selection around here, boys. <laughs> boys and girls. <laughs> right. And see, and that and what that what that does, it falls into the trap of of the fuel for the social construct of race because this is why people make these races up based on a crayola crayon color as opposed to dealing biologically so we're talking biology and other people want to bring in skin colors and and phenotype on the surface everything that bubbles up to the surface that we superficially put in categories so just because a person has brown skin does not make them a uh a, 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 a certain type of person as Unc was asking about sub-Saharan Africans. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna prove it. Watch this. Since we're having real fun around here, we're actually having fun tonight, ladies and gentlemen. We're having fun beating the brakes off of them fools. Can't help it. Let me see. Now you know I'm just having fun though, cause it ain't no, it ain't just fun with the straight scholar. I got to throw a little extra in there like that. I got you. All right, because that's how I got it. I used to get beat up like this, too. So I'm, what I'm going to do is, now he see uh, brother uh, Wuja mentioned skin color map. Uh, brother Nahisi mentioned radiation. So I'm going to pull up both of them. I'm going to pull up, first I'm going to pull up the skin color map, right? And we're going to see, right, why those particular people that he showed in that picture had that skin color. I'm going to give you a scientific reason for it. Not going to give you the, you know, we trying to, you know, just constantly beat up white people. You know what I mean? Which is fun, but we ain't trying to do that right at this moment. You know, we want to take a a, a, a a scientific approach to what we're doing right here. Let me, damn. Shoot. Uh, I'll do it like this then. I'll do it. I'm going to pull this one up. All right, let me see. All right. Okay. Man, I don't like that. That's on people. All right, no, I don't like that. I'm gonna get the. I'm gonna get a good one with some good resolution on it. Let you know we ain't playing. All right, while you pulling it up though, uh, this is something I mentioned to you earlier um, along the lines of what you're talking about. Is that when when Got some it. when somebody makes a claim mm -hmm. that at the moment that a person makes a claim. There are two possibilities. So it's a 50% chance that the person is right. And there's a 50% chance that the person is wrong. So, so the real question or the real tax that we have to be aware of is that we have to have the tools to be able to figure out which one is which. Is the person telling the truth or correct? Or is the person telling a lie? And, and, or, is he, or are they incorrect? And so if you, if you don't have the equipment uh, the, the mental equipment or tools or the skill set 
in order to make that determination, then you're stuck in la la land and you're never going to know one way or the other. And then you're going to repeat a speculative or belief. So we have to. So I'm glad. That's why I told you earlier. I say I'm glad that you posted the scientific literacy document because it, 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 it kind of indicates for us that we have to st stop being lazy. And when we take these claims, we got to actually pursue uh, uh, which one is if the claim is correct or not. We have to have the power to discern. And that's what a lot of a lot of people don't do or not used to doing. So. Uh, nope. Yeah. All right. So here you go. Y'all see the screen, right? Yep, there you go. We got the skin color map for indigenous people. Keyword, indigenous people. All right? Okay, predicted from multiple environmental factors. Okay, source, Chaplin G. Look up, write, write the name down, Chaplin G. Geographic distribution of environmental factors influencing human skin color. American Journal of Physical Anthropology, 2007. All right, now let's come to North America. First of all, let's start off. First of all, this is the equator. All right, that's a band around planet Earth. That's why we know it's not damn flat. How about that? Why y'all tripping? Anyway, this is the skin color from dark to lightest, right? When you see the gray, no data. <laughs> so as we go to Sub-Saharan Africa, right? Look at this, look at this. You have the darker people that are on the equator. Right? The equator goes around the planet. So right here, in, look, right here, you start to get to India. You got some very dark people in that spot right there. Right? Australia, right? Brown, dark brown people. Okay, look at that. Now you come down with the Koi San reside. They're not they're not black. They're not jet black at all. Right? They're brown. They're like they're lighter brown than that brown as you go in South Africa. Now we see why the Koi San people that complexion. Right? We come to the tip of Africa, right? The the weather patterns, right? Or the temperature or the UVAs is just like up in this area right here. Okay? Now, so we come right here to Saudi Arabia. Jet black, dark people live here. That don't mean they sub African people. And I'm not saying that people didn't float over here or whatever or walk around there. Jet black. I'm not saying that, but I'm just I'm just showing you something here. Right? Then you got brown skinned people. Then you got a little lighter brown here. Right? So look at the Egyptians. Look what they would have been. Then you got uh, the Delta. Look at the Delta area. Browner people. They still brown. They're not brown as the... Uh, you know what you, you don't call them the Nubians, right? What you call them, man? You call them the Tanahisi. What you call them? There you go, Tanahisi. Tanahisi, right? They're brown. They're brown than Egyptians, right? But they're all people of color. Come over here. We're in Israel. Look at Israel. Israel is producing the same UVA rays as North Africa. So, that, so the Hebrews aren't going to be pale and white. No, they're not. They're going to be brown. That's how you get fooled by the Asiatics because they're brown, just like you were. West Africa, right? You go down to Kenya, you're getting darker. But hold up. Let's come over here to, to the Americas. Man, Mesoamerica, these people are as brown as these people right here. It's right in front of your face. Okay, so nobody had to take a little boat right around this way to get here already dark to be dark. No. Didn't have to do it. 
right? So these people are brown all the way up here, all the way down in South America. Look how dark these people are. So let's come to the uh, brother um, Nahisi mentioned radiation. Here's the radiation map. And he talked about zones. So Academy Research, Nina Jabrowski, look her up. George Chaplin combined clinical, I think they married, clinical and satellite data to produce this map. The colors reflect the degree of ultraviolet radiation at different latitudes. Background patterns illustrate three zones of human skin tone. So this is zone one. Zone one is what? Zone one contains tropical peoples with darker skin color. You do not have to be in Africa to be a tropical person. I'm going to say this real slow. You do not have to be in Africa or on a damn island to be a tropical person. Okay? It's right here. Contain tropical people with the darkest skin color. Look at the UVA ray color here and look at the UVA color right here. So that's why you see the All Macs and all those civilizations they keep showing, they were dark brown. They were the darkest people among some of the darkest people on the planet. The darkest people are in Sub-Saharan in, in Africa on the equator. This band right here is the band that goes around. This is the equator. That's why we know the Earth ain't flat. Australia, India, okay? UVA rays, look at it. Let's come to zone two. This is zone two. Zone two is here and zone two is here. Zone two, the skin of people native to zone two possess the most a potential for growing lighter or darker, essentially. So look at this right here. Bam, 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 bam. North Africa, all the way up there. Look, bam, 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 bam. Hebrews are included in this. Their skin tone can change seasonally. So you know when Christopher Columbus and the boys came over here, depending on the season, these people are either light brown or darker brown because what because the skin it say the skin of people native to zone two possess the most potential of growing light or darker darker seasonally so these people down here seasonally koi san seasonally australia in this area seasonally now zone three native have paler skin to make up for the lower levels of sunlight well here you go this is zone three Zone three, look at the numbers on the map, take your time. Up in Canada. So those natives that was up in Canada had paler skin. Not unless they had something to alter that, like say their diet, like the quote unquote Eskimos that ate a lot of fish which supplied vitamin D. So they skin never had the chance to allow in more vitamin D. So you got zone one, zone two, zone three. That is my point. There y'all go. Look it up. Man, remember 2018, look at the revisions on the map, go find it. This is how we study. So those people in those pictures were that color, but that does not mean that they were Sub-Saharan Africans, which is the majority of the African-Americans. So don't tell me about our history, not unless you're understanding the thing through the lenses of science. I don't want to hear it. All right? Cut out the shenanigans. And so as we talk about the 130-year-old history, 130,000-year history, okay, Right? Talk about archaic humans. Gotta get into the archaic humans real fast. Let me get this out of here. That's what we need to talk about. Segue into this. All right. Now, I want to go to this. Archaic. 
humans, right? Uh, a number of varieties of homo are grouped into a broad category of archaic humans. It say in the period beginning at 500,000 years ago, it typically concludes, watch this, homo neanderthus, 40,000, 250,000, homo rhodesian, 125,000, 300,000, homo hepatogensis, 200,000, 600,000, and may also include homo anestesis, okay? Goes on to say this category is contrasted with anatomically modern humans, which include the subspecies Homo sapien sapien and Homo sapien adultu. Homo sapien adultu is also like a, 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 a archaic uh, Homo sapien. All right, y'all can get this on Wikipedia. Start, you never end with Wikipedia. Start with Wikipedia and end in the scientific journals because you can go right down to the bottom of Wikipedia and get some articles from the journals of nature. All right. So the question was, right? Question was that Homo sapiens. Remember that article we just read about the homos? I just gave y'all different homos, right? The question was, did we always hear about uh, the Homo sapiens mixing when they left Africa? Right? That's what we always hear about. Y'all can go into our group and I put some articles in there, right? Truth of the matter is, Africans was mixing with archaic humans prior to leaving Africa. All right? I'm going to put up a, let me see if I can find a homo. Wait a minute. Man. We call this interbreeding. Let me find an article on interbreeding real fast. I thought I had it pulled up. Thought I had it, thought I had it, thought I had it, thought I had it, thought I had it. Deal with interbreeding is what it's called, right? All right. So I'm just showing you a little map right here. Get it out the way. Show you a little map, right, of archaic humans mixing. Let's see. Okay, while you pull it up, let me just um, say what homo is uh, so that people are clear on that, that, that when we say homo neanderthalus, when we say homo sapien, and we say homo heidelbergensis, homo sapien sapiens, um, the word homo is common to all those terms and homo is the word that we're swapping for human. So all of these species are human. And so we are a subspecies of homo. And so I want to make that, make that clear when, when people mention, when people say homo, that's when you're in the, the, um, the genus of homo. Now we went over this in a couple of our shows. Uh, I'm not sure if those shows are still up um available but maybe if we have it we could uh post them up but we had went over the taxonomic uh uh hierarchy the the levels and and homo is at the level of genus and then you have the um so you have genus and then homo and then below that which is more you know you're getting more detail then you have the species which we are of the species homo sapien and then you have the subspecies under that, and we are a subspecies, actually, Homo sapiens sapiens. I didn't want to hear that. So you know, just I just want to give people clarity on on that word Homo right there. It, that's that's where we get human. So there's multiple types of human out there. We're just one. 
So, uh, Nahis, you got anything to add to that or uh, Black Panther? I wanted I wanted to add on that uh, on the skin chart that uh, Onk had pulled up. If people would notice, Zone One that's the area where Christopher Columbus came in, and that Zone One is equivalent to the Africa because they're gonna have the same skin tone. Okay, yeah, that's a that's a good point. Yeah, uh, it wasn't. It didn't because he never went like up into North America. He stayed around in the island area, and that is Zone One. So of course they're gonna have dark skin, just like the brothers and sisters over in Africa in the continent. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. That's a that's a good. And point. I don't think Chris Columbus knew about the damn skin map. So when he's seeing people brown like that, so he automatically gonna say, "Man, they was that? They they look like Negroes to me." And that's what people are doing to this very day. People they doing to this very day, man. People don't like so look, Christopher Columbus, but they're, but they're applying the same the same uh, ah, logic. Same logic you apply. Ah, oh, man. So here, man, let me screen share this, man, real quick. Question was asked. Needed some articles on. Y'all see that, right? Yep, we can see it. Yeah, we see that clear as day, man. Uh, hold on. Clear as day, man. All right. So we deal with this map right here, right? Encyclopedia Wikipedia, right? We're going to start with this and end in the journals, man. This is very simple right here. So right here, this is a map of interbreeding, okay? want to kind of show y'all how they was interbreeding. Hold on. want to read this portion. Man. Man, I can't. What am I doing here? Gotta go back one more. All right, so I wanna. Mm. So, right here, it says the model of the phylogeny, phylogeny of Homo sapiens over the last 600,000 years. Vertical axis, the horizontal axis represent geographic location. The vertical axis represent time and thousands of years. See that? Times, thousands of years. Okay? Um. Homo habitagensis is shown as diverging, that's a word, into Neanderthal, Denisovan, and Homo sapiens. So we already come from a, a mixture of archaic humans, you know what I'm saying, to even be who we are. <laughs> well, that's a frightening revelation for y'all. It says, with, it say, with the... Expansion of Homo sapiens after 100,000, Neanderthal, Denisoma, and unspecified archaic African hominids are displayed as, again, su um, summed into the Homo sapien lineage. They ain't even left Africa yet, y'all. Possibly admixture events involving certain modern populations in Africa also shown. So let me show you this right here. Here you go. So you got Homo habitagensis. Right, you got an unspecified archaic lineage right there. You got Homo naledi. You got L zero. Remember we talked about L zero. L zero is already mixing back with Homo habitagensis. But look, out of Homo habitagensis, you get Homo neanderthal, Homo denisovan, right, and Homo sapien diverged from Homo habitagensis. And you got Homo adultu right here. See, that's Homo adultu right there, right? Homo sapien. So Homo sapien, as it goes in this direction, it catches back up with Homo habitagensis. This is inbreeding. They did a study on baboons. There are different species of baboons. And whenever those different species of baboons 
cross over different um, territories, right? You, you get the interbreeding. So here, right here, this is two different territories and they interbreed. So this, this represents interbreeding right here. And then you got the Southern Khoisan, they check their DNA, they already know. You got the Northern Khoisan, right? They spit off, go Northern, Southern, right? But they got the archaic DNA in them. You got the L1, L1 Central African forgers, right? Look at this. You got the non-Africans. Now, they why are they saying non-Africans? Because they're not on the continent. They're using as geography when they say non-Africans. Non-Africans are mixing with Neanderthal. They're mixing with Dina Sovin. Huh. L3, East Africans. Look at this. Non then you come right back across. East Africans is mixing with the non-Africans. Hey, brother. Uh, yes. Can you hear me? I can hear you. I, you you just touched on an important topic that I want y'all to continue uh, when I get off the show because I got to go. Mm -hmm. But the Neanderthal thing is so important. Okay. Because Neanderthal, people, people hear the word Neanderthal and they automatically think, you know, white people. Yeah, and they and they and they think that Africans in America that we don't have any Neanderthal in them in us at all. Yeah, just proved it right here. But uh, you, <laughs> which is which is not true because I mean Africans born on the continent don't may not have any ne Neanderthal in them, but yeah. we weren't born on the continent. Nope. I mean, I can tell you right now, I have thirty-four. I believe it's thirty-four Neanderthal variants. Now that's very very low. But they're there. Right. So I, I think, you know, you should touch on that uh, because a lot map. of people are confused about that. Yeah, look at the map, Ben. You see the map, right? Yep. Now, right here, this is in Eurasia. This is off the continent, correct? This is non-African. This is off the continent, right? So we see man, right. and Sovin. You see the yellow, right? Mm-hmm. Now, watch how this yellow go across here. It's going across here because it's mixing with the East Africans, West Africans, Central Africans, uh, Koi sand and all that, they're mixing. See, that's the mixing right there. They're mixing with these non-Africans. They're mixing with Neanderthal and Dinosaur, just like you said, brother. Bam, going across. See that? Bam. West mm -hmm. Africans mixing with the simple Central Africans. Uh, Koi sand. It's right here in front of your face. So on the continent, before we leave the continent, you got archaic mixing. We come out of archaic humans. So all the worrying about mixing and matching, basically we are a hodgepodge of different archaic humans, and this is proven and verified through genetic testing. All the fuss about nothing. You might want some homo habitagensis blood in you. You know what I'm saying? You might want some homo nilati. You might want some Neanderthal Dinosaurian in you. You know what I'm saying? Like they've been around longer, and so you got what? They have immunity systems to things, you know what I'm saying? that you might not have immunity to. So they give your immunity system a boost. You know what I'm saying? That, that's why the Native Americans was getting sick because they had new world immunities. So I want to touch on that for a minute. Since the Africans caught a ship over here, I don't know how the hell they crossed the Atlantic Ocean because the Atlantic Ocean is serious. And everybody said that never been on the Atlantic Ocean. They come over here with new world, old world immunities. 
right? Because that's what we would have had. Old world immunities, meaning they've been on the planet very, very, very long, and they've become, they have developed immunities to different diseases that have mutated over time. Whereas though the new world immunities, right, uh, they didn't have uh, uh, effective immunity systems against old world diseases. That's why when Christopher Columbus and the boys, right, came over here, right? They didn't have no resistance to them because they all died out because they got sick. That's what really happened. Well, I know a whole lot of fighting when the first Europeans came over here because they brought rats and stuff. They brought diseases and it wiped out half of the damn population. That's why it was so easy. So when they came back, the shores was wiped out with people. You know what I'm saying? They was mostly wiped out anyway because of their New world immunities wasn't ready for old world immunity or old world diseases. So new world uh, immunities, look it up, was not ready for old world diseases. So if these Africans traveled over here on ships, which only would have took 45 days, they would have had old world immunities and they wouldn't have got sick and died when the Europeans came over here. That's called a checkmate piece. And I want to see y'all get around that one. I'm done. I just wanted to make that point, Wuja. <laughs> and brother Ben. All keep, right. Keep with me, yo. Why they keep playing? Why they get sick, Wuja? When the Europeans came over here, if they had old world immunity, so if they was Africans, why? Why Wuja? Hey, you know what? Do you have just by chance? Do you have the um, or Nahisi? Uh, do you have either one of you have the haplogroup map that shows either either the maternal or paternal? It doesn't even matter. You any you, you have that handy? I hold a group map. Pull it up. Make it handy. Cause it, I, I want to make a point that goes right into right along what you're saying. Just just to um, show something. I don't have it. It is the Haplo group. As a matter of fact, let me see. I might have it. Uh, okay, here you go. I got it. I got it. Yeah. Yep. Right. Let's I got it. All right. So I I want people to look at this real quick. So here is a um, Haplo group map. Okay, this particular one is the maternal haplogroup map, uh, aka mtDNA, mitochondria DNA uh, haplogroups. So what this shows here is the migration patterns based on biogenetics. So, so really, for those who may not know, a, a haplogroup or a haplotype, a haplotype is a code for a particular mutation. Okay, and we say haplogroup. Haplogroup are all those people or population that have that haplotype, basically. So I'm just giving the gist of what that is. So when you see these letters on here, um, you know, like, for example, we see under the word Eve, we have L0. So if you notice on Unk's um, map that he just showed, it showed L0, L1, L2, L3. And so this is what it's talking about. These are haplogroups of genetic populations that share a common mutation and so these mutations occur very slowly and over a long period of time and and they happen at certain points on the planet 
And so they, they can utilize these haplogroups to determine migration patterns. So you have certain haplogroups that, that are mutations that occurred inside the continent of Africa. And then you have mutations that occurred outside of the continent of Africa. And they happen at different time periods and these locations. So this is how you can trace lineages backwards and see where they migrated to and from. And so the question, I'm bringing this up, this ties into what Unc was explaining this whole time, is that in North America or the Americas period, you have certain genetic populations that have uh, haplogroups that, that contain mutations. These mutations do not exist on the continent or in the continent of Africa. So if the earliest Americans were Africans, then they should be a member of the same genetic uh, mutation group that we call haplogroups. And they nice. are and they are not. Nope. So just to show in a, in a you know, I'm just showing another map along with the skin color and everything. We know the skin color is going to be the same because that's natural environment, like uh, Nahisi said. Um, but then the haplogroups tell a different story. You cannot get around this. So what people do to get around it, they show no evidence, no <laughs> nothing, but except to say that DNA is a fraud and because white people are the ones doing it and we then we can't trust them. So th those are the two main running uh, uh, pushbacks, but no evidence at all. No nothing is provided ever. So you can't get around this this haplogroup uh, situation. This is only maternal. I can show for paternal. Matter of fact, here's paternal right here. Here are the paternal groups. We have A, B, E uh, are all in Africa. And then the rest, you see R, K, uh what else um q now q um paternally which is in your father's line you have c c3 over here in the americas q3 over here in the americas because we can see q3 came out of q which is up here in the uh asia northern asia headed towards the bering strait okay but anyway i don't want to dwell on it so i just, I just want to add that to to hey, that's a good point Hey, you know, you know what's even you know it's another great point to add to that why we why we smacking them down to the very last compound. Listen, the reason these hubble groups are changing is because it's over time. It's not like human beings left out of Africa and walked and never stopped walking until they got there, bro. That means the hubble groups mean that they're in environments and the environment, whatever it might be, is activating the genes. Look up genetic toolkit. Old genes, new tricks. There aren't any new genes. So all genes are African genes anyway. When I say African genes, I'm talking about point, point, point of origin. So these genes mutate and transform. Even in other animals like fish, like the zebrafish has the SLC45A. 2485. Huh? 2485. Oh, see, that's a, that's a genetic man right there. <laughs> SLC45. SLC. We got the SLC2485. Yeah, the SLC45A2. Oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, look, God damn it. Well, you, okay. 
The zebrafish has that gene, right? But humans have that gene too. So somewhere along the line, that thing that gave that gene to a human and gave that thing to a fish somewhere farther down the line, they're coming out the same thing. This is how we understand evolution. We always have a universal ancestor for which all things have transformed and mutated over time. But the point I want to make is the reason those horror groups are changing, why are those horror groups changing, Nahisi? Because of the areas that they're in and the uh, environmental pressures. Uh, just It's just different, different environments that they're in, geographical areas. Yeah. The um, environment triggers, like let's 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 look at a real practical thing that people could see every day, all day. If you if you um, in the wintertime, everybody's covered up in the cold climate in the cities. You covered up. You got gloves, hat, earmuffs, the whole nine, the whole wintertime. You in the office building. You're doing your work. Come home. Nothing's exposed to the sun. Then the springtime comes up. You got to do the yard, cut the grass. You know, uh, women do some planting in the, in, in, in the yard, make the flowers beautiful. Uh, the children go to the swimming pool and everything. Everybody gets darker. So the environment causes change in the body. It has a phys physiological effect on the body that we could see every day, all day. But now over long periods of time, nature itself, depending on the environment, exerts pressure on the genes. And the, and the pressure, well, by us saying pressure, it's all about survival. Because remember, the genes want to survive to the next generation. So when, the, when nature pressures it, it has to push back and fight back and change in order, to, in order to be runner up for the next generation. So nature will cause these genes to change to survive. And so in different locations, different genes are more applicable for survival. So the Europeans' pale skin is an advantage to them in the European environments and a disadvantage in the African environments and it's vice versa for the Africans. An African, a dark, very, very, very dark skinned African will not survive very long in, in the Netherlands, let's say, up there in Denmark, Sweden and all that. They will not survive up there uh, for generations uh, at a time because they'll be at a disadvantage because no sunlight can penetrate the melanin and produce vitamin D and they'll have crickets or rickets, I mean, and so on and so forth, bone diseases and things like that. So there you have it. I, I mean, so the funny part about it is that's how we know uh, Homo sapiens sapiens, you know what I'm saying, have not been the same over time because the, because the conditions that they live in has changed over time. Like this is very simple. Well, maybe not simple, but y'all act like uh, Homo sapiens sapiens is a car that's painted red. And no matter what environment it going to, it can stay painted red. No, it's a living, it's a living organism. We are... We, we are actually communicating with our environment through our genes, right? Uh, human beings today, remember humans didn't start off with clothes on. You know, I know Adam and Eve threw their clothes on real fast in the garden of Eden, I get that, okay? <laughs> Where are you, Adam? God walks in the garden in the cool of the day. Hide, because you're going to see we naked, God. All right, you put some clothes on, okay, I get it. That's not what happened. Humans didn't have clothes. And it was the technology of clothes that allowed us to even leave Africa. Okay? And so these environments activate the genes. Okay, these genes transform over time. So so it was it took a lot, it took so if Africans left out 130,000 years, right? 130,000, 
They say the first migration, 130,000, the second migration, 60,000, right? And they didn't get to Americas until what? The oldest fine they got so far is what? Uh, what, what, 20,000, 30,000? Bones? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? To my homo sapiens? So how long is that? That's 40, 50,000 year walk, bro. You will transform over 50,000 years. This is called geological time. Most people don't take the time to get scientifically literate in geological time. We've been over here for 500 years. And we're always starting to change. We're all starting to change. We're not as dark as we was when we was in Africa. Yeah, let me put, while you're saying that, let me pull up the map again. Because because what you're saying is, okay, if everybody could look at this map again. Oh, my cursor. Over here in Africa, let's say, let's say, let's pick a haplo group. Let's pick uh, uh, E, let's pick uh, one that traveled. Let's just pick this over here. What's this, B? All right, let's pick B, okay? Now, so what you're saying is that mm-hmm. the, the 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 genetic population of people that had this mutation that we're calling haplogroup B, in order for them to be to be what they are and who they are, and over, way over here in the Americas, they mm-hmm. would have had to travel over here very fast to yep. to 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 bypass number one time, number two yep. the natural environment and the pressures that it exerts on them. So that yep. that means they would have had to. Like today, we could we could take a plane ride in about twelve hours, make that journey, yep. Yep. and and no no evolution, no no natural uh, pressures are going to take place except for the except for the popping your ear inside of a, inside of an airplane. Uh, right. That's it. That's the only pressure you got to worry about. But right. but in ancient times, man, this took forever. And and so when when populations moved and migrated, they had to settle because number one, they didn't have a map like we're looking at. They didn't. Hell no. They didn't know what was what was in in front of them or what they were going to encounter. They could encounter animals, uh, uh wild no sidewalks, no sidewalks, dude. Right, right. <laughs> you had like any sidewalks and roads. So and you have you have groups of people that moved, so they had to move, settle, move, settle. Move, settle, stay there for a while. Move, settle, move, settle, and it's just over long periods of time that that this migration took place, and it wasn't fast enough to where haplogroup B could maintain that one mutation, never mutate anymore, and make it all the way over ice. here. Yeah, you got ice ages. Remember they had to go through the ice age. The ice age ended at ten thousand BCE. So all of a sudden, this land bridge closed up. Okay. Yep. So what they think is happening is they stayed up right, right there where that land bridge is, right? And they followed the coast down with little rafts and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. All right? That's how they did that. So, but what they, now watch this. Here's another problem that nobody really thinks about. If they was, right, and they had to be some lucky-ass brothers and sisters, man, to get on the raft, the oldest raft they got goes back to, I think, uh, maybe 15,000 years ago, I think. And that's a little raft. All right, in Nigeria, that ain't that's not a seafaring vessel across the mighty Atlantic Ocean. The Atlantic Ocean is mighty. It has sunk a many of steel and wooden ships, bro. It's it's serious. If you ever been on the ocean, you already know they tripping. But here's the problem I want to talk about: if they was to get lucky and get on some type of current, and those studies of their current, none of the none of the none of the boats made it. I want y'all to let y'all know that they have not successfully finished that experiment. I want y'all to know that. People think it's called the boat of raw. That did not make it. The white boy built the reboat. It didn't make it. It sunk. 
Okay. So, but if they was and successfully get lucky and just so happen to get over to the Americas, right? Here's the problem. Why did the Europeans, right, die in North America? What happened? Why was they starving? I should say, why the hell are they starving? You know, the Chesapeake Bay, you got fish diving out the Chesapeake Bay back then. Crabs, uh, 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 oysters, clams, fish, berries, Turk, wild turkeys running around. Why did they starve? You know why they starved? Because they wasn't familiar with the area. They wasn't familiar with what to eat and not to eat. They didn't know. That's why they had the holiday called Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving, because the Native Americans said, yo, you can eat this, you can eat that, you can do this and keep on, blah, 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 blah. And remember, white people was fitted for the cold, but they literally froze to death in North America. You talking about people designed for the cold, freezing to death in North America? They didn't know. So you trying to tell me some people that caught a raft that takes about 45 days to get over here was ready for the North American winter? And then y'all extend the times out so far. They you they had to navigate across ice sheets, bro. Damn near half of North America was covered in ice sheets. I gave a class on this shit like 10 years ago. Long tide ice sheet. I could pull it up. It was on ice when you that okay, so maybe they didn't go that way, went the other way, end up in South America. Okay, what the hell was they gonna eat? They don't know what to eat. They in a whole nother area, man. That's what kill you. Going from one place to another, not knowing what's going on, you would die. You wouldn't make it. And then how many of them came over on that little raft? Was it a thousand people? No. Two people? Really? Enough for their genes to survive? No, really? So the whole thing is ridiculous. You got people that seem to be experts on said subject. What's the guy named? Hotep? Michael Hotep? And who else? Now he see what's their names to write those crazy pseudo books. One of them is uh Clyde Winters, and then you got Michael Emos up. I ain't gonna talk Clyde, my man's my elder. I'm not talking about Clyde. Now I'm gonna talk about Clyde. <laughs> <laughs> I got all his books. Look, yo, look, Clyde, my man, y'all got all his books right here, yo. Got a whole section of Clyde books right here. Look. Let me show y'all look. Clyde. You know what though? We 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 have so much love for for all of our elder scholars. Um, that man live, hey man, let that man live, man. Y'all get this, man. African empires in ancient America. That man breathe, man. Buy this book, man. It's my man Clyde right here, yo. <laughs> yep, he gonna get you. He gonna bedazzle you up a little bit, yo. You be bedazzled, yo. You know how to bedazzle look like diamonds, but it really ain't. You get bedazzled. <laughs> oh no i was just gonna say you know we we have so much love uh and then you said in your post that that we stand on the shoulders of our great elder scholars the ones that are still living and the ones that have passed away and so that's a that's a very good like figurative way of expressing the fact that that professor small says it best if you're standing on somebody's shoulders then that means you can see further ahead than they can yeah because you're higher up and so, yeah. and so you could see over the grass, you could see yeah. over the hill, you could see over the wall where they mm -hmm. can't. So we okay. have to be the eyes and ears of the elders sometimes. And we just, we just maintaining uh, respect and, and, um, and honor to the elders. But sometimes we have to correct them and they, and, and it's a two way street. They have to understand that, that if they're wrong, that they will be corrected. And then we got to understand 
that if they're wrong, we need to correct them, but we need to do it with, with the utmost respect. And so that's what the Amara squad is about, you know, uh, in part. You know, we, we, we're correcting things that we find that are needed to be corrected, you know. So that's what, that's what this is about. Yeah, how about the fact that they wrote it down so we can actually read it? How about that? Y'all new scouts that don't write nothing. Right, we got to get back into writing. We that we definitely do because people will say they people will say something and then say they never said it, um, or change the goalpost. Uh, we got a lot of that go, that goes on. Uh, you, you know, you, you you try to kick a field goal, then the goalpost move. You know, after you hike the ball, it's, the goalpost was moving. Hmm. <laughs> Can't do that. So I'm I'm just saying, man. Look, man, I will beat the brakes off that all day, 365 days a year, man. You're not you're not getting over here in 45 days, never coming here before, and think you're gonna sit back and eat. You're not. The bears gonna eat you up. You don't even know. You don't know the different ranges. You know, you got no different ranges of different animals. You know what I'm saying? Like you're not gonna make you gonna be just like the, the white boys was. They was done, yo. All right, and they had a whole boatload. They was officially eating each other official yeah look at their reports done so you think some next so watch this so now you're trying to tell me some africans they ain't got no clothes wujai you know that right <laughs> <laughs> let me get this straight let me tell a story for my people so we getting on a boat right we ain't taking the women with us ha think you taking your women with you on an adventure on a raft son no you're not you're not going to take your women and children with you, right? It's going to be the adventurous men, right? We get on the raft, some kind of way we make it. I don't know how we had fresh water for 45 days. Do you know how they had fresh water for 45, 50 days, Wujai? Uh, it'd be kind of difficult unless they carried it. They must have had two boats, a boat full of water and then a boat full of people. All right. They, got, they ain't got no boats yet, though. They got the raft system going, little dugout canoes going. What, all right, so we got some water. What about right, no, Noah's Ark? You, you, we taking sips. We're not going to drink. We're going to take a sip a day. Because we ain't got, we can't take a barrel. It's going to sink the raft. But we got to sip. We sipping. You know how you drink what you see. You sipping. 45 days. You ain't going to eat now. You no water, no you sipping water. All right, you in the ocean. All right, you, 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 you fishing on the ocean. I don't, okay. You get here. Three people. How in the hell? Was people already here to, for you to mate so your genes could survive? How'd you do it? How'd you do How'd you go back and tell them that you did it and where you was at? Oh, man, it's just it's just the logic of it is foolery. There's so much foolery involved in that, man, that I can't believe that people aren't just using common sense. <laughs> and even if, because we did walk over here. But by the time we got over here, we had been transformed by natural selection. Damn. No, man. <laughs> hey, look at uh, what about this example? Uh, maybe maybe people who are who may not be familiar with that, but they may be familiar with uh, a Colbert show. Uh, they may be familiar with the uh, solar system, right? You know how you know how they say that everything comes from the sun, like the, the earth and all the planets was spit out from the sun. And they say we're stardust, you know, that the sun is it came out from a larger explosion and stuff like that. 
Well, this is the thing. The earth came out of the sun, but the earth is not the sun. But it came from the sun. And so when the earth when the earth was spit out from the sun, it was very closely similar to the sun, whatever it was made of. And then through time and through age and through location in space, the earth cooled off and formed a, a crust and mantle. And, you know, everybody's familiar with the story of how the earth cooled off. And then through more time, the conditions were ripe and fertile for life. Water was produced. You got hydrogen and oxygen coming together to form H2O, water. Water mixed with uh, other electrical things and started sparked the biological process of life uh, coming out of chemical processes. And so then life came about and then life diversified and you got the phylogenetic tree. And so if people could understand that, then they should understand that when we say Homo sapiens sapiens left Africa, let's let's call that event the Big Bang or the bang. And then and then when these particles spread out. They are under different conditions and pressure to change, just like the earth became what it is and is not the sun itself, but it came from the sun. So these these humans came from Africa, but when they migrated out of Africa, the environment caused them to change and mutate and they became something distinguishable. And then as further time goes on, more distinctions and distinguishable things are made. That's the history of humanity. That's why we see these diversities and the differences we see today. And so biologically uh, differences that we see today and so on and so forth. So, no, you're not going to leave Africa and get over here in a week and still be the same as, as you were when you left Africa. No, you went through a whole bunch of time and mutations occurred and now you are something distinguishable. This is why people say that no Africans did not uh, po uh, populate early America. They had already become something else before getting here period yep. yeah that's a fact man that's it yeah that's a fact man so we got the oldest it's called the dufana canoe d-u-f-u-n-a canoe i'll be putting this in the group all right that's the oldest canoe it dates back to eight thousand years dude you would kill yourself trying to go across the atlantic ocean in that i just want to let you know is that you're no done son is that noah's art is that <laughs> Yeah, Noah's all go crazy, yo. So, man, you know, I just like to say, man, that to be honest with you, let me show you a picture of that. I want to show y'all a picture of this while y'all, you know. Y'all think they, they y'all think y'all did it. I know we can. We can, the great African. We can throw it. Here, go right here, y'all. Y'all see it? Make it bigger for y'all. There you go. There you go. 8,000 years. They dug out a tree. You think you're going to navigate? If you think you're going to navigate the Atlantic, the swells would kill you. The weather would kill you. How could you navigate that? That's like an ancient, that's like an ancient uh, surfboard. <laughs> they was on it like this. <laughs> Y'all right, yo. They surfed over here, yo. Yeah, they could. Uh... <laughs> Hold your water, though, because we're going to sip your water. They had these, yo, ancient, ancient metal in Africa. Sip. Don't 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 drink too much. We ain't got nothing. You surrounded by salt water, angry fish. Y'all tripping, tripping. Come on, man. The, the man, man. Come on, man. Wooden wooden ships get 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 demolished in the Atlantic. Uh, at 
big ships, ocean, like get the mileage. Man, stop it. But anyway, if you came over here that fast, how'd you, who'd you make with? Well, you know what? See, that's why I brought up Noah, because some of the things you're saying sounds like the stories in the belief systems. Because think about it. You're talking about boats and stuff and 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 where where would the supplies go that's the same question that people were supposed to ask about the noah's ark like where did all the food for the animals come and the two two by two and actually people don't even know that the bible doesn't even say two by two only it says seven they're supposed to take seven of every clean animal and two of every unclean animal so that's that's a whole bunch of animals and then on top of that what you just said is 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 the question that where did cain get his wife from because if cain was kicked out the garden of eden into the land of Nod, but then all of a sudden you had these other people that Cain was afraid of. Who were those people? So it's like if you got over here, who who were you gonna mate with? Right. If, if you you know and stuff. So so those same questions are actually can be overlaid in the in the religious uh in, you know context. Hey, hey, and you know what you're right. So if you got that many animals right on Noah's Ark, right? You're talking about animals eating every day. Am I correct in that? Oh, they eat every day more than once a day. So, so here's the question: Who shoveled the shit? Hey, no one ever literally up to their head, ears, and shit. Who shoveled tons of shit every day? <laughs> hey, they they want to they want to die, man. They had that. They would hurry be, up, get that. The elephants are shitting again. Get that. All oh, the bulls are shitting again. Oh man, come on, man. They're breathing. Stop breathing. it. Stop yeah, it. it's it's crazy, okay. man. So. Hey, I'm looking at the chat, man. I don't, I don't know if it's late, so you want to uh, see see if any people see if any good questions in here. No, any good questions, man. It is late. We didn't went far there. We didn't had the farm beyond. I still got the screen share on. No, I took that off. Nah, let me. Uh, I'm just so y'all keep on talking. I'm I'm just gonna look through the through the comments. Uh, let's see. Yeah, shout out to Sister Kaba, boy. When she 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 is on it when it comes to um. Uh, moderating the, the, the group. They said God put a spirit on animals, though, they wouldn't shit. They gave them a, a, they couldn't have a lax. They didn't get, they made it constipated. They was constipated. <laughs> put a spell on them. Uh, it says, right, shoot. We're closing this out. Yo, we out of here, man. Look, no more questions. We out of here. All right. All right. So, yeah, yeah. So, all right, let's close it up. I don't, I don't see any questions, but I, I appreciate everybody tuning in. You know, because sometimes, listen, listen, subscribe to the <laughs> channel. I say they use dung to fill the boat. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, but listen, um, everybody, hey, subscribe to the, in the water, yo, in the power boat. <laughs> <laughs> subscribe to to the um, channel and make sure you click the notification bell because. A lot of times we go on, we go online, we go live unannounced. You know, we'll give a little heads up inside the Facebook group, but sometimes it's it's a you know impromptu spare of the moment. Guitar, yo. Uh, sometimes you know, uh, we'll be on the phone or or whatever. Nahisi will bring up some some something. You know, the SL two thirty five four C three gene. How it's in this person and that person. How it didn't manifest until they got into the into the Europe, and that's what caused the blue eyes and the pale skin and all this stuff. And we were like, oh snap! And then we, you know, so we'll just go on live and share that information or whatever. Though. Or Unc will share something, or I'll share something. We, we'll ha we'll go at each other, you know. Um, but just for the record, you know, which y'all don't take any L's. Uh, 
<laughs> but yeah, you don't take no L's, yo. I ain't, I, I, I wasn't named God Killer because I did a lot of losing. That's for damn. Yeah, I know. Yeah, that's good. But that's that. That's what make the. That's what make the the squad so, so nice. You know. So um, that's what it is. So that's what you get with the squad. The Amara squad. Listen, we're not a cult. We don't have the. Everybody don't always think like. Listen, behind the no. scenes. Behind the scenes, we have some very spirited debates, and Fact. and we but we're we we're, we're cordial enough, and we are we have tough skin with each other enough that we we know how to do it, you know what I mean? So that's what you get. So we we wanted to kind of share that with everybody, and we're gonna close this out. I know Unc gotta go. Did he see? Did he see? I'll at you. Woo jah, I'll at you. Appreciate y'all tuning in, man. I'm a raw squad up. Y'all know what it is, man. Real black atheist scholar. All right. So uh, let's see. I can end it with the commercial. Remember, y'all got to support. Uh, I'm surprised Unc can't even do this himself. Boy, Abju wear. Boy, what? Boy, Unc must have bumped his head. You know what I'm saying? You got Abju wear. You got niggas footwear. You got Hicka Multimedia. Uh, Think wear. Uh, what else we got? We got oh, oh, shout out to all the groups. We got we got the Dagger Squad. We got the Masi Warrior Clan. We got the Seshu Mani Medu uh, uh group. Um, what else am I missing? And if I'm missing, then I, you know, please forgive me for for that. You know, and all the people, everybody uh, out there. You know, shout out to everybody. And I'm gonna see if I get this uh, commercial going. And I'm going to say Shimon Hotep, and I'll see y'all next time. All right?